then they said something else silly. And then I put Jesus saved, Jesus saves. And then they corrected me and it says, we have heard. Right? They didn't see that I was saying the lyrics of a song. And she said, we have heard. And I said, I can only speak for myself. Right? Because the Bible says, are we recording? Are we recording? The Bible says, um, give us ears to hear. Right? Now, I don't know of anybody. I know there's some people so silly to have goats. I'm not going to mention any names. We've all been guilty of it. <laughs> or too many of us have been guilty of it. But then there are these goats that really don't have ears, right? I think they're called Lamontians or something. You know, there's the ones that have an overabundance of ears. And then there's these ones that look like they hardly have any. But they all can hear. I don't see anybody here that looks like a goat, <laughs> except maybe me, but not a Lamontian. Um, we all have ears, right? But when the Lord was saying to give us ears to hear, he wasn't meaning physical ears, right? So we have all heard, but that doesn't mean we've all obeyed. It doesn't mean we've all let it soak down inside of us. Okay, now, we're going to shift gears a little bit and... Uh, and uh, it's, um, we want to preach this out, and we want to be able to preach uh, under the anointing, and um, I'm thankful the Lord called us to preach, and um, uh, so as everybody gets their mind, I know this is, um, there's a lot planned for today, and a lot of people thinking about certain things, but uh, this is a really odd message, um, but we got to preach it anyway, we got to preach the whole truth, we've got to preach all the gospel, right? What would you think of me? Now, the Bible says it in five different places. The Bible says in two different places, Romans being one, uh, 1 Corinthians being another, that, uh, that, I am to, uh, that we are to greet one another with a holy kiss. Do we practice that here at church? It says elsewhere that we are to salute one another with a holy kiss. So it's mentioned, in two, it's mentioned in five different places. I'm not talking about one. And listen, if you're thinking I'm trying to reinstitute some practice of the, Old, of the New Testament, that's not what this message is about. But is it Bible or is it not Bible? It is Bible. Uh, is a holy handshake good enough? I reckon it is. Uh, uh, we hug each other, right? I think the Lord, if you read that in the, in the proper context, and it was Paul and everyone, whether it was Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, or I think it's 1 Thessalonians is the other place. And um, is that what, four? That's only four places. It's four or five places anyhow. Uh, but if you're getting off with my wife and quoting this scripture, you're also going to experience what it would be to be submersed in other scripture. The Bible says, if a man smites you on the one cheek, <laughs> turn the other, right? And um, uh, if, for instance, if you was to steal away one of my daughters and want to uh, practice this particular passage, you might also have to practice other passages. Uh, a holy handshake is good, ain't it? Uh, we are to communicate to one another that we love one another. But if you would be so foolish or silly or brash or brave, <laughs> or uh, just filled with love, and you would want to tell my daughter that, 
that or, or my wife that. Uh, and, I'm not, and I chuckle at this because this would really be funny, right? Uh, and I say, what are you doing? And you say, I'm joking. All right. Um, maybe I didn't get the joke. Maybe I got the joke and I laughed. And it was enough laughter to last a lifetime. And you play that joke again, well, I might not laugh that time. All right? Because there's something going on there. I don't care if it's a, a, a holy hug. There's some people, women, you know who I'm talking about, right? That you've experienced in a church service a creepy dude uh, that hugs you inappropriately, right? Uh, that's not a holy hug. Uh, uh, yes, I know in c- certain cultures, this, this message last month, I meant to bring the paper, but uh, we had, uh, uh, I forget how many, it was like the third or fourth largest uh, uh, of Saudi Arabia. What, it's, a, it's very customary uh, that in their culture that they'll greet you uh, with a kiss. Uh, that's why in the Middle East, uh, no doubt Paul said, a holy kiss. Uh, uh, that this was how that we are to communicate and to salute one another. Uh, uh, us here uh, in Lake Lead County, that's not how we do it. And I wouldn't suggest, it said brethren, right? I know that there's particular denominations that, uh, that, they, would, <laughs> uh, that they read the Scripture and they think that we ought to follow it. But it don't just say brethren, it says one another. Now women uh, are, 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 are encompassing in that, but they have enough wherewithal to see that it would be inappropriate uh, for me to chase your wife around to give her a holy kiss or you to do the same. It's utter confusion. The Bible says they do everything uh, decently in order, right? Uh, but yet they kiss each other. Brethren kiss brethren and women kiss women. And I, 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 I had the... I had the experience uh, to go to one of them churches and hold on now. When I seen that uh, uh, the first time, and uh, I said, did, did I see just what I seen? And sure enough, I did. Uh, uh, but you know what? If that's, if that's their tradition, we live in a day and age today uh, that unfortunately there would be those uh, uh, that would be amongst that congregation uh, uh, that would be per, per, per practicing, uh, greeting and saluting each other uh, uh, with a kiss and there wouldn't be nothing holy in it. I, I would rather have a holy handshake uh, than a kiss of betrayal, wouldn't you? Uh, uh, from my wife or anybody else. But the point is that there are scripture that we might not follow to the letter of the law. Should we? Maybe we should. Maybe you have an maybe you have an argument to be made on why we ought to salute each other with a holy kiss. But if it's just me making that argument and I continue to be persistent toward it, you might think that maybe Daryl is working an angle uh, since we don't have such uh, uh, no such tradition all right now uh, uh, so there we've laid the groundwork uh, as we uh, unravel uh, uh, the Holy Scripture uh, uh, because it is my desire uh, uh, that everything done uh, uh, here in the house of God, uh, here at Nebo Free Will Baptist Church uh, is done decently uh, and in order. And I can joke and sometimes we do. Uh, uh, we had a little bit of fun with that, right? Uh, well, to be honest with you, if the Eastern mind was listening, uh, they might not even really fully appreciate uh, uh, some of the humor 
here because that's what they do. They will greet you with a kiss on the cheek. That's not how we do it here, folks. All right, and I don't want nobody to think that there's anybody here been trying to work that angle. All right. The Bible says if you want to turn to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, uh, starting with the 20th verse. Uh, because if, once again, if I make light of the scripture, if and we've seen some people do that, where it's a running joke about something to the point that it's almost mocking God's word. That's not going to happen here. And there's the little ones uh, that are growing up. Uh, and we might take an angle, that's what humor is. Uh, it leads you down one path and then you take uh, a 90 degree turn and that's what's funny, right? Uh, but to little children coming up, uh, uh, what's, what's so terrible uh, of what's happening in our society today? Uh, uh, the things we shudder at, uh, uh, our little children are seeing uh, as normative. Uh, and little children coming up, uh, if something is said over and over and over again to be funny they might be confused and we wouldn't want to do that the Bible says it'd be better if you'd tie a millstone around your neck and be cast in the depths of the ocean that it would be better or rather that to be done than to offend one of these little ones alright now the Bible says in Ephesians in the 5th chapter in the 20th verse, it says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, submitting yourselves one to another uh, in the fear of the Lord. I want us to remember that, uh, uh, if you would, uh, uh, that we are to submit ourselves uh, one to another uh, in the fear of the Lord. Uh, wives, submit yourselves uh, unto your own husbands uh, as unto the Lord. And the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. It says, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives to be uh, 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 their own hus uh, 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 let so the wise be to their own husbands uh, in everything uh, alright I want to see uh, we see here it says uh, uh, for the husband is the head of the wife uh, uh, and then it says here uh, uh, let uh, uh, so let the wife uh, uh, be to their own husbands in everything uh, as Christ is uh, the head of the church wives submit yourselves uh, unto your own husband uh, all right, and then in the 25th it says, Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself forward. <coughs> that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. If you want to now, you can turn to Colossians as we build a case for what we're about to read here because there are some denominations and there are some people within, I reckon this denomination, that for some reason don't fully understand the scripture. and We want to make it clear this uh, this afternoon. Uh, all right, now. Uh, so it says here uh, in Colossians, the third chapter, uh, in the seventeenth verse. 
uh, if you want to turn there, I, and we're going to read down to the 20th. I, it says, And whatsoever you do, uh, in word or do, uh, deed, do all, I, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God I, and the Father by Him. I, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband, I, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, I, and be not bitter I, against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, I, for this is well pleasing I, unto the Lord. Alright, now then we're going to turn, I, if you would, to First Peter. I, and we're going to read here in First Peter what it says uh, uh, about the same matter. I, it says in First Peter, of the third chapter in the first and second verse it says likewise ye wives be in subject to your own husbands that in if any obey not the word they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wise while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. And then you can turn to, uh, to 1 Timothy if you want to. In, uh, in the second chapter, in the 8th verse it says, it says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner also that women adore themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broader hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to assert authority over a man, but be in silence. For Adam was first formed uh, then Eve. Uh, and then you can turn back to 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, uh, uh, and we're going to read uh, uh, in the, uh, 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 the first verse down through the sixth. Uh, and now it says, Elders, because uh, I've heard some of the young here even, uh, I'm talking about little ones, uh, uh, saying, You need to listen to me, because uh, I'm your elder, because uh, they were born six months uh, uh, before the other one. We've all heard siblings saying that, right? I, ain't it wonderful I, that it is just uh, with it's within our DNA uh, that we appeal to a higher uh, authority. Uh, we want when we want what we want. Uh, if it is even possible, uh, we'll even appeal appeal to the Word of God, uh, even if it's through manipulation. Uh, but play, uh, praise the Lord! I think it's wonderful uh, that a six-year-old kid uh, knows uh, that if they get the Bible behind them, uh, it gives their words more weight. But I would encourage you not to get the Bible behind you, but that you get in the Word and that you get behind the Bible and not get the Bible behind you and then walk according to the Word of God. And then we won't use the Word of God for a pry bar or a hammer or a screwdriver, but we will allow it to work its work in us instead of us trying to work over somebody else. And if we do that, we can have a change in our life for our better men. All right, now it says in the fifth chapter, 
of 1 Peter as it says and the elders which are among you I exhort who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed feed the flock of God which is among you taking the oversight thereof not by constraint not willingly nor for filthy lucre but of a ready mind now listen neither as being lords over God's heritage but being in samples to the flock and when the chief shepherd shall appear he shall receive a crown of glory that fate ye shall receive a crown of glory that shall fade not away likewise ye younger submit yourselves unto the elder yea all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So we found here that women are to be under subjection to their husband and they are to submit to their husband. Uh, so that women in general uh, ought to submit and be under subjection uh, to man. Uh, is that the word of God? No, it ain't. Uh, they are to submit to their husband uh, because he is their husband, uh, not because he is a man. Uh, we could have chose, uh, and we can, uh, after the service if you would. Uh, we can open up the scripture. Uh, a young maid or a virgin uh, is to submit and be under subjection to her father it says it in the Old Testament matter of fact if she is to make an oath and her father not be present that she does not have to be committed to that oath if the father says no you won't you won't do that but if he hears it or as soon as he has become aware of it if he doesn't say no you're not keeping that oath well then uh, at a later time says you're not keeping that oath uh, well then uh, it'll be as if he himself broke that oath uh, but if uh, when it comes to his knowledge uh, that she has made an oath uh, she's not bound, though she be bound by it uh, she is set free from it uh, because he is uh, as her uh, authority uh, he says no you're not doing that uh, and, and he's not uh, a response for her breaking that oath. So then we know that a woman is to be subject to her father first and her husband second. No, not in that particular order. If she be a virgin, if she be unmarried, she is to be subjected under subjection to her father. And when he gives her away, because that's what it says, Paul speaks about that when he says, I would rather you remain unmarried. And then he said, and if you have a virgin, talking about a father. Now listen to the rub here. If a father think it be better that his wife serve, or that his daughter serve the Lord instead of getting married and he choose not to give her away, then 
She's the owner of that. We don't have that custom here, do we? But it goes to show you that women aren't under subjection of men, but they are under the subjection of their father and their husband. There was a a time period he no longer was here that he was of an opinion that when a woman could give an argument better than his own that she ought to remain silent. You know, unfortunately, that a woman ought to be under the subjection of a man. That ain't the scripture. And we don't want to joke about it. Because when we do, little ones are coming up and they're learning a lie. That's not what the scripture says. There's denominations where women, because it is the opinion of some that a woman ought to remain silent in church because of what the Scripture says, that they've carried that on, that she can't even testify. Or even within these denominations, they teach the children. But the point being is, is that Let's just carry that out for a minute. Uh, I find it fascinating uh, how that, and it goes to show you uh, that it's truth. If you are going to tell a tale uh, about the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, and a man-dominated society, uh, uh, who would he have revealed himself to, Daddy? Uh, It'd have been a man, would it not? Uh, But the truth, the truth, uh, whether it helps your argument or not, uh, whether it gives a legitimacy to uh, the resurrection or not, but he first appealed or appeared as it were to Mary Magdalene now think about that for a minute if women are to remain silent in church can you imagine how about the damsel daddy that when they heard the knocking on the door bless your heart when Peter was locked in prison and they prayed all night and somebody heard a knocking it wasn't a preacher coming to the door it wasn't the deacon bless your heart but it was a damn soul and she came to the door and she said who be there and he said this is Peter well guess what she did she didn't remain silent and she didn't even open the door well but glory to God she went in that prayer service and she said Peter's out there it's utter foolishness if you was to be so full of your masculinity or your manhood to think that when they said is there any word on anyone's heart that Mary Magdalene from time to time did not stand mama and talk about that glorious morning Oh, glory to God. When the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords walked in that garden where he once was buried, where the tomb was empty. But I'm afraid there's somebody working an angle, and we're going to nip it in the bud. Amen. Listen to me now. If you want to experience all the Word of God, well, then let's experience it. And if a man wants a wife or his daughters to be under subjection to him, well, then he needs to be a godly man because you ain't never going to get a wife and you ain't never going to have daughters in the Lord if you don't first learn that we ourselves must submit one to another of the Bible, what we preach on it. We preached on it, didn't we not? 
Just last week, uh, uh, where uh, we we could turn to it uh, uh, in Hebrews, uh, the thirteenth uh, chapter, in uh, the seventeenth verse, uh, it says, "Obey them uh, that have rule over you, uh, and submit yourselves, uh, for they watch for your souls, uh, as they that must give an account, uh, that they may do it uh, with joy and not with grief." For that is unprofitable for you. Do you hear that? So Daryl, before he was married, I didn't go around looking for me a woman that would submit to me or that would be under subjection. There's some that are so arrogant that looks at rebellious women and say, well, they just need me for a husband and I'll make them submit. Is that what we heard? Did we hear in the Holy Scripture where it says, men, bring your wives under subjection? Did we read in the Holy Scripture where it says, make your wives tap out? No, we did not. It's utter foolishness. It's not of God. It's not of the Bible. And it's not of Christian thinking. It is a superiority of men wanting to assert authority over something they ain't got authority over. Lift up holy hands. Be an example. And if we are, well, then we don't have to say, give me props. Look at me. You need to listen to me. And because I was born a male, it's utter foolishness. But what we need to do is we need to be pillars in the house of God. Amen. And then there is some so foolish of the days of Deborah. Was that a good time? Was that a time where Israel could stick out its chest and say, look at us. We're a mighty nation. No, it was not. It was a desperate time where men of God were few and far between. Maybe we might even say where the feminization of the Israel nation I had succumbed but they were going to stand up and rule a rebellious people and then God spoke to Deborah I'm not telling you that it's the norm because it ain't but I grew up in an area where the men left the church and all that was left was a core of women you can wag your finger if you want to and say that they ought not to be having church. Well, I want to tell you something. If you pray and you raise holy hands, the Lord will send you somebody. But there are those, even today, that the church is made up of 80% women. And it's not a good thing. And a lot of it has to do that men didn't do what was required of them. So shall we damn all the women to hell because the men are going there? Shall we point out to them and their frailties? And their, can you imagine? 
and their frailties and their attempt to hold on to something uh, to make light of what they're trying to do. Uh, my God, my God, uh, it's time and high time uh, uh, that the men of America uh, humble themselves uh, in order that God might lift them up uh, instead of you trying to lift yourself up uh, by your own bootstraps uh, and you're wearing flip-flops. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, it's disgusting, ain't it? Uh, uh, no real man, well, I'm sorry, I'm not be offending some. I, I ain't, there's a very few men that can pull it off. But it is the feminization of our culture where people show up at a town in their pajamas and flip-flops. Yeah, I'd rather have a saint of God that happens to be a woman when she prays, bless your heart, heaven comes down. When she testifies, the Spirit of God comes down. Uh, then some penny waste preacher uh, uh, that stands up uh, and says he's calling God uh, and he ain't got a he ain't got two uh, uh, male hormone uh, uh, cells holding on to each other. Uh, why? Because uh, uh, Satan's his father uh, and he is Satan's child. I can remember I experienced it. Uh, my dad was out of church. <laughs> And my mama realized uh, that her, she had a son uh, and he needed a godly father. Uh, but you know what? Uh, she couldn't be that godly father, daddy. Uh, but you know what she could do? Uh, she got to hold on the horns of the altar. Uh, I remember many a time. Uh, oh, she was burning. Uh, and when you get low, Levi, uh, the Lord always shows up. Uh, you just trusted him. Uh, you take his word for what it says. Oh, there was a many a time. Oh, do you remember it, Mama? Where you had a staff and you had some rocks. She could testify to it. And she went to church and she had a service there all by herself. And she laid that old staff out on the altar. She laid them stones there and she prayed to God and she didn't need a priest and she didn't need a man there. Well, the Holy Ghost showed up and he gave her strength and she'd, feel, she'd be filled with the Spirit of God. And when service would come, and she'd lay there and she'd testify. And to be quite frank, it was nothing more than the testimony. She wasn't called to preach, but I heard and felt more of God from that saintly woman than I've ever had from daddy called Mama Sent Preachers that's been to the cemetery or the seminary to preach. Why? Because God's anointed is on all of his children I'm telling you and if it ain't on you you ought to remain silent too amen yes when it comes to matters I'm not diminishing God's word right when it comes God don't want to take your your quarrels listen to me man uh, husbands God don't want you to take your quarrels and bring them into church. We've all seen that, ain't we? Uh, where there's difference of opinions and it might be nothing more than the color of the carpet. 
and the husband wants green and the wife wants red and the wife is to remain silent is she not it was Eve deceived first and then Adam so therefore there has to be order it's not because men are smarter but because God has placed order and it gives us a great responsibility does it not the Lord said to to the women submit yourselves to your husbands you don't say men make your wives submit it doesn't say men bring your wives under subjection but it tells us that we are to love our wives and that we're not and that we're to forgive them and not hold a grudge now you tell me which is the superior of the two sexes we have to listen we have to be we're so full of ourselves we have to be told to love our wives I want to tell you something God has put it in that order and not because we're better matter of fact we're better right you read them scriptures that's what the Lord's saying don't be better well why would a man be better because a woman won't subject and she won't submit but she ain't subjecting to you she ain't submitting to you she's refusing to subject to God and to submit to God in his order and the more closer you get to God uh, the more you'll have God uh, uh, working in your life. Uh, and the more you have God working in your life, uh, uh, the more uh, uh, the condemnation uh, uh, will become on them rebellious women. Uh, oh, but there have been some, ain't there, uh, uh, that have looked uh, uh, at a wild filly uh, and think, oh, I'd like to break her. Uh, you're another fool. Uh, did, did we not just co- uh, communicate uh, to all the cheer uh, that a woman is first to be under subjection and submit to her father and then when she's married she is to be under subjection and submit to her husband and you are a retard I'm sorry uh, maybe I shouldn't have used such strong words but I'll say it again you are retarded now in the truest sense of the word everything ain't fine on time feller if you look at a woman uh, that rebels against her father uh, and thinks she's going to make a good wife, uh, she ain't. Uh, and why is that? Uh, because uh, she is to submit to her father. Uh, and then when she's married, uh, you're to make her submit. Uh, that's not the scripture. Uh, but the scriptures, I don't care if you are God's gift uh, to all of womankindhood. I don't care if you would declare to every woman on this earth that I am to greet you with a holy kiss and not a one of them resist. You are an utter fool if you can think you can make a woman submit because you can't and you won't. And we need to understand what the scripture says lest we be disappointed lest our pride be wounded. Be quite frank, I take it I take offense when anybody would suggest that my wife or my daughter ought to be under subjection to them or to submit to them. And that's just as creepy as you 
slipping away right behind the church and telling my wife that you wanted to say hello to her scripturally. I'm telling you, folks, it's utter foolishness. And when we have big eyes and little use in the church, when we feel like we need to communicate this, it's a falsehood. That goes generational. This is the last generation I heard somebody say that. And now I'm hearing it through the, uh, through the grapevine or the corn crib, whatever you want to say. I'm hearing it again. And it's not Bible. I thought everybody read the Bible and we wouldn't have to preach on something like this. But here we are. You know why? Because it's true. And when we say something that isn't true, uh, we can confront it, right? But sometimes it's our poor sense of humor that we think we'll be able to explain away these things. I learned that in sales. You know, you can say something about a man. I was, I, I, I was in the, uh, I don't know how to say it nice. I was in the, I was in the industry where we, uh, where we improved the DNA of cows, right? Uh, I was in the agriculture industry. And you know what? You, you run down a man's cow and you might get hit. You might have to learn what it means by turning the other cheek. But you know what? It's amazing what you can get away with if you laugh after you say it, right? If you make a joke. Um, it's easier to get forgiveness a lot of times uh, than it is permission. Uh, and if you are a Machiavellian or if, uh, if you're just a manipulator, uh, you'll use that through all your life. And you'll dodge it here and you'll sep- sidestep it here and this and that. But everybody knows what's going on. Watch him. Watch her. She's trying to use the word. Right? I listened to a man speak yesterday, and he says that a, a totalitarian government is appealed by those that are in, inarticulate, that are looking for a simple answer. They want a one, two, or a three-word answer. That, that's why we see the dumbing down in our school system, Right? Anybody that has been taught how to think, not what to think, but how to think, and to use logic and reason, to use facts, and don't base things on fiction, will say, now wait a minute, they will naturally extrapolate or follow through this line of thinking to the end. But if you're too, uh, if, you, well, if you lack intelligence enough that you think that everything has a simple answer, well then... Totalitarianism appeals to you because you don't want to think for yourself. And they say, if all I have to do is give up my gun and there'll be no gun crime, well, then I give up my gun, man. It's that simple. But yet we know it isn't that simple. Why? Because we think. And if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, here's some candy. If you're a little kid that don't think, you might take that candy. You might step close to the van and reach for that candy. And that's how, that's how silly little children are removed from the gene pool. It's an evolutionary process to the wicked who laugh, right, as they make prey on little children and say, that dumb child should have known better. That's what monsters do. But we are expected to think as children, right? We're not only to give the Lord our heart, we're to give Him our mind. We're not only to give Him uh, our, um, our lips or our words, right? We are to give Him our hands and our feet 
Some people have been conditioned that all the Lord wants is my heart and empty words. And so they say they love Him, and yet they do not the commandments that He has commanded them to do. And they promise empty promises, and they don't follow through. Because a promise is made with our hands and our feet. Some of us didn't realize that, right? To what extent um, a child. We're all so blessed, right? Every one of us have had healthy children. But when somebody stands up and says, well, I'm going to let the Lord plan my family. You know, it, <clears throat> there's a lot of people that never, it never, it never even occurs to them that what they might be saying is, is I am going to carry a child until it's an old adult and I can't carry it no more. You know, I know of a person in particular. I I can't remember. It wasn't MS. It was the other one. Um, But anyhow, where uh, the body just, uh, the nerve endings don't work and the muscles just wither. And I'm trying to think of, I think that was a customer of mine over there near Cape Girardeau. Uh, But they were in their, uh, I guess they would have been in their 70s. You know, it's one thing to be in your 30s and 40s and take care of an adult child. It's another to be in your 70s, ain't it? And to see this woman so lovingly take care of her, her joints were wore out from carrying her child all its life. See, faith is more than words. Faith is deeds. We was communicating somebody this week. Your hope is not in this person and what they do or their actions or how you can do something and you're putting your hope in what you can do and by you doing this, this is going to make her respond a certain way. For faith is the substance of things hoped for. Right? Our faith is made up of what we hope for. So then if you hope for the for that which isn't true, you get it. But it's not true, right? It's unicorns and uh, pink elephants. It's not true. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And if you read the 10th chapter before the 11th chapter, you know that Christ is that hope. And so then, therefore, I don't have to say, oh, I need to do this, and if I do that, then they'll do this, and they'll do that. No. Our hope is in the Lord. And so, therefore, when everything looks like it will not turn out, that it cannot be accomplished Now you're getting it. You finally realize that. And give it to the one that your hope lies in. And let your faith be revealed in who he is. And the substance of what you'll have will far exceed anything else that you hope for. Anything else that you place your hope in. Because everything else is a lie. Let's get some songs to sing. I thank you for your attention. This message was for the young ones. We need to understand that, right? Each and every one of us.
have a responsibility to speak the truth. We wouldn't want to portray it any other way, right? And though I might be determined to convince you to let me greet you with a holy kiss, you might want to communicate to me that that's not acceptable. You might, girls, you might want to communicate to your father that we need to communicate that to somebody, that that's not acceptable. Why? The Bible says it. Shouldn't I obey it? Well, sometimes holy is in the eyes of the receiver and not the holder. <laughs> Amen. Right? That's where I, I remember so many times somebody said, well, I wasn't of the Lord. I didn't feel the Spirit. Well, and most times we don't have to even go there. We go to the Word of God. I don't care if I felt it. If it ain't the Word of God, it ain't right. I don't matter whether it's I got a feeling in my innards or I didn't get a feeling in my innards. The Word of God's the Word of God. And you'd rather, I guarantee you, look at me, you would much rather receive a holy handshake and a holy hug. I'm just telling you. That's my <laughs> right? Each and every one of us. We need to know our place. Right? If we want to go to higher levels, if we want to walk where we've never walked before, we read where that's at, right? We read that last Sunday. What did we say? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Raising up holy hands. That is how we find victory. It's not in telling others to honor us. Go ahead, Braden.